Here we are with episode number 20 of the Florida Trail Runners podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Alberto Vargas and J.D. McGee. This year, Al took on the 50 miler and J.D. took on the 50K out at the J.W. Corbett. This is a course that takes you through wet prairies, cypress hammocks, meadows full of wildflowers, and pine flatwoods. This course, of course, as a lot of people who've ran it, is definitely not a super dry course. And with the big news for this year, this actually was the last year for Jeff Stevens as your race director. Leo Acasa will now be taking the reins for the JW Corbett. It's exciting news, especially for a race that started back in 2012 to where it is today, being known as one of the most challenging ultras here in the state of Florida. So let's go, Leo. As for 2022, Eddie Souza and Holly Nelson, they took the victory in the 50 mile with Kareth Arnold and Mac Jackson taking it in the 50K. When it came down to the 18 miler, you had Joshua Mayo and Meredith Lopez. As they made their way to win the race, you know, from everybody from the front of the pack, back of the pack, the middle of the pack, from the course from start from finish, to all the amazing aid station volunteers out there this year, let's kick it off with Alan JD. Hey, hey. All right. All right. I've never done this before. Sweet. I'm excited. <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? Hey. Hey. I'm, I'm, I'm all set, man. I'm, I'm ready to boogity, boogity, boogity. Whatever, whatever we got to do, I got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. But yeah, I guess we'll, we'll open it up with, you know, a little bit about yourself. What brought you out to the JW Corbett? Al, you said you wanted to go first? You can go first. <laughs> all right okay i'll go first i've been running for uh, i guess maybe a little over three and a half years now and been doing ultras for a little over two years now um i primarily am a south florida runner because i live down here in palm beach county so because of that i've got to run a, a lot of the trails between the Palm Beach County borders. And that includes a lot of Corbett and Jonathan Dickinson and Dupuy and a lot of those areas there. Um, some of the ridges and sand dunes here in Juneau and Jupiter. Um, so primarily I'm a, a South Florida runner. Uh, I have gone out of state a couple of times to run ultras, um, I've run one around Mount St. Helen, did the Bigfoot 42. And then I also, my second ultra was a six-hour delirium run in South Carolina. And the other time that I left the state was to do the uh, Coastal Georgia Greenway 155 uh, last March. So um, I've gotten into running a lot of the trails here and through meeting a lot of people, I learned about these different races. So the first race that I learned was the uh, Corbett race. And I did that last year and did the 50K. I uh, had a blast, even though it was uh, a very hard race. And I, I couldn't believe how hard of a race it was because it's such a beautiful area to be in. And yet it was immensely difficult uh, race to accomplish. 
Um, subsequently, I applied for the Lake to Ocean and succeeded in the Lake to Ocean. Um, I did try the Just Survive 125, which is ocean to lake to ocean, but that's where I, I found my first DNF. And uh, I learned a lot from that one. And that was probably the biggest learning experience I had was that DNF uh, at Just Survive 125. So I like Jeff Stevens races. And of course, I, I wanted to come back and uh, not just do a 50K, but do a 50 miler at the, the Corbett race. So that's why I selected to do that this year. And uh, I felt really good about the race. So that's a little bit about my background. Yeah, because Al, I know you did the 50 miler and JD, you did the 50K. I did. Yeah, that was uh, that was only my second 50K. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of at the other end of the spectrum here because I only just started seriously running probably back in August. And the Corbett was my Corbett was my second 50K. My first 50K was about four weeks ago at the Swamp, which is up in Palm Coast. Um, and then my first trail marathon was three weeks before that up at Jennings. That was the Yo Mama, Ain't Your Mama's Trail Marathon. So I pretty much went from barely being able to run a 4K or 5K in August to, uh, well, trying to run a 50K anyways. I walked most of it, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not rolling up in here pretending like, uh, like I tried to run that thing. I mean, I, I ran the first maybe like, 10 miles kind of intermittently but it's that's it's super hard to run and i'm kind of injured uh overuse injuries honestly so uh um at a certain point i just decided to walk but uh gotten a running uh i guess the the big thing to know about me is i'm in recovering i'm a recovering uh alcoholic and addict and i've been sober i'm going on about four years now and uh running was something i always wanted to do for most of my life but uh it i wasn't able to do it just because of the state of my my life and so once I sobered up and got settled and really settled in recovery, I was, I was able to start running and uh, um, a friend invited me to do a trail run with her. And so I started practicing and training and then I ended up uh, doing a trail run with Mike Martinez, the Sufferfest in September. Um, and I kind of fell in with him and, and some people in his orbit. And so we've been kind of running ever since. And I decided at some point to run. I grew up down the Keys. Um, and I decided that I was going to train and run that Keys 100 mile, uh, the Keys 100, and I was going to do it kind of to raise uh, awareness and, uh, you know, some charity maybe if for uh, recovery and recovery efforts and uh, people in recovery like me. Uh, and so I've just started training for it. And I've been trying to do like an ultra every month. And I was looking around and I saw that ultra down there. And I talked to my coach. Uh, Dawn Lindsby, and she said that it was awesome. She she had run it previously, and uh, she was correct. It was awesome. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, I'm still I'm still definitely a newbie. Yeah, and I know you've got the social media accounts and website for McGee's Miles. I remember laughing after seeing the Fort Clinch post about like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but it's got, I know it's got like running, recovery, food, fitness, outdoorsy stuff. What's kind of the, what's the background with that? Yeah, I started a recovery blog just kind of, you know, for the whole, not only for my whole journey to, you know, try and run this 100-mile race, but just to kind of show, you know, raise awareness and, and inspiration and try and show people that, uh, um, you know, there's a lot of folks that are in 
recovery. And I feel like sometimes we get like a, there's a kind of a bad kind of stigma around us. Um, and, you know, there's it just to kind of show people that you can, that no matter what you did in the past, that you can recover and that you can heal and that you can, you can thrive, you can, you can succeed and you can do things you never thought were possible. Um, and that there's a life after addiction and after kind of the darkness that you go through when you're involved in that. So uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to plug it. It's, it's all a nonprofit. It's McGee's miles. I just started it up. It's a, it's a blog and there's a whole uh, social media presence and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as well. So I appreciate you letting me come on here and mentioning that. Yeah. I remember seeing uh, some of the race reviews like and your JW Corbett review and as well as out there at Don's race, the swamp. That swamp race is a great race and kudos to doing that swamp race. It was, uh, that one was, that was pretty gnarly, man. Cause, uh, this was the year that she decided to turn it, uh, I guess clockwise and normally they do it counterclockwise. So it's a, it's a mountain bike trail. I don't know if you've ever been out there. So I wonder if it was going, so yeah, it was going counterclockwise. So when you go counterclockwise, you're going the way the bikes go, uh, which means that a lot of the obstacles and stuff like that, you're going up the gradual slope and then there's a drop off because the bikes jump off of it. So when you go counterclockwise, you're having to go up, the backside of a lot of those obstacles. So it increases the elevation quite a bit. Um, and it got really hot really quickly out there, a lot hotter than a lot of people anticipated. And there was quite a few, quite a few people dropped down from the 50 K to the 30 K. Um, it was pretty brutal out there and I'm not even going to lie. Um, I didn't finish, you know, I, I was past the cutoff the entire last loop. I was basically crying. That's how much pain I was in. Um, it was, it was really brutal. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, it, it was it was super brutal. Um, but you know, it's that's that's a that's another one of those really hard trails. It's really fun um, if you're trained for it. You know, I mean, if you're if you're conditioned and trained for it, and if your body's healthy, um, I wouldn't do it in the kind of state that I was in, or in my where I'm at in my training uh, and in my sort of uh, level of uh, skill with with trail running. Which, of course, you know, that course is muddy when it's wet outside. This course, it doesn't even have to be raining and it's wet. Did you guys kind of have a game plan for kind of the terrain out there? I I came into the 50-miler with a, a game plan. Um, so I, I kind of knew what I was expecting. And uh, I think that the race evolved exactly as I expected, I expected to finish in eight or 12 hours and 37 minutes. And I finished in 12 hours, 12 minutes. So <laughs> I pretty much hit it on, on the head right there. Um, wow. I knew what my, my time was going to be and I knew what my pace was going to be and how I was going to pace down during the hot hours. And, um, you know, how I was going to hit nutrition. So I actually came in with a, a game plan. Um, I use an interval timer. So I do interval runs. So for me, I was, had started the race with a plan to do a 10-2, 10 run, 2 walk uh, <clears throat> until it started to get warm. And then I switched over to a 5-2 after it started getting warm. Uh, and then as I started getting fatigued, I switched over to four, two, um, like that. So, um, and that kind of was the, the game plan. I also, I, I have a 
couple of rules as I'm going along. And one of them is don't ever chase a rabbit. So anytime somebody passes you, wish them the best of luck, kudos and chow, let them go. Um, so stay focused on your pace. Um, I like to keep my heart rate around 130. Uh, so I'm a heart rate runner. So as low as I can keep it, the better. Um, I was probably running the last half of the race at 120 or less. Um, so that was kind of my game plan. Um, I came in expecting to use uh, whole food and uh, some hammer nutrition. So I use, I'm a vegan, so I use a bunch of hammer products that are um, vegan based. And I also ate like vegan burritos, watermelon, tangerines, pickle juice. Um, and Surprisingly, Swedish fish are vegan. <laughs> They're probably not great for the uh, the body, but at that moment, Swedish fish, eight of them, uh, felt great getting into my body. Um, I used a lot of uh, electrolytes, um, so I was hitting the electrolytes twice an hour. So at the top of the hour and at the bottom of the hour, I would hit my electrolytes. And then uh, for... Uh, water and ice, I would always come in and pack my bag first with ice or ask the volunteers to help me pack the bag first with ice and then top it with water so that I could get as much chill on my back as possible. So that kind of was my game plan and it kind of played its way through all the way from the start to the finish and uh, I felt really good at the finish. Um, I don't know if I could have gone, you know, another 15 or 20 miles, but I, I felt good at the finish. Yeah. Awesome. That's absolutely amazing. Um, I'm in awe kind of listening to that <laughs> I didn't, uh, real quick. Here's what's funny. Uh, I got a hotel room at the, the cheapest room I could find close to the, to the, to the race venue was, uh, at a travel lodge right off of 95 there, uh, at blue heron on blue heron road. And, you know, it, it was the cheapest one I could find, and it was literally like 20 minutes away from the from the trailhead. So I went ahead and booked it, and uh, I get to sleep, and I don't know, like 9.30-ish, I guess I finally fall asleep. And all of a sudden, I, I come out of my sleep, and there was like this huge crash, and the whole room shook. And the couple that was staying in the room next to me were in a knockdown brawl fight. And... They're like throwing each other into the walls and yelling at each other. And like, I'm half asleep and I'm like, what is going on? And then like all of a sudden, like, I guess like I hear the door open and the door slam and things are like hitting the window. This is happening in a room right next to me. I don't know what they call <laughs> cops. Like, I don't know what to do. It's, and I'm afraid to look at my watch and see what time it is. And, and then like all of a sudden she's yelling, like I'm out here bleeding. I'm like, Oh great. Now I definitely got to call the cops. And, uh, um, so like, I'm like fumbling around, like, what am I supposed to do? And she's like, oh, I'm going to break this window. And then she starts yelling the guy's <laughs> name. I mean, it was this crazy fight, man. And, and finally I'm like, oh my God. And I look at my, you know, I finally pick up or I looked at my Garmin anyways. And I hit the little, the light on my Garmin and it said like 345 and I, I, I was going to be up at four anyways. 
So, like, I got up and, like, I'm debating whether I'm going to call the cops. And all of a sudden, I heard the cop radio. And, and I guess they showed up and they they broke up the whole fight. But uh, that was my alarm clock race day. It was a, a, a nice little domestic dispute there at the travel lodge on Blue Heron. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my wife and I are happily married. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't, you know, there's, there's, I know there's going to be lover spats, but you know, three and three or three thirty in the morning is probably not the best time for them. Hey Amen. But you know, time at the travel lot. <laughs> yeah. So. It's either there or the know, Waffle House. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's West Palm Beach for you. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I live in Jupiter. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was technically, I guess, technically a training race for me. Like this wasn't an, an A race, I guess they call them. Well, that's what my coach calls them, anyways. Um, and I do that heart rate training too, but I kind of just started it. So um, we had a game plan basically at certain heart rates for certain uh, distances. Um, and but I never really went. I think in the first ten miles. Um, a couple of times I went fast enough to kind of pop my heart rate alarm. Um, but my game, normally what I would do on these trails is I like to go out to them ahead of time and hike them. Um, I wasn't able to pre-hike this one, unfortunately. I just couldn't get down there because it's so far away from where I live. It's like a four-hour drive. Um, but uh, so my game plan was just to go in there and just kind of lightly jog it and kind of go by my heart rate. Um, but I'm also dealing with kind of these hip flexor issues and I had some uh, issues with a possible stress fracture. So I was kind of told to just be super chill with the whole thing. Um, hydration wise, I just kind of utilize uh, these nutrition bars. They're called Finibars. They're made by Biotest and uh, Tailwind. Um, and that's usually worked pretty good for me. Um, and I kind of just eat those as, as, you know, every hour on the hour and I fill up at certain times and, and, uh, just make sure I'm hitting that 250 to 300 kind of calories. Uh, I think an hour kind of deal. Um, but the thing was, was after, you know, it was so hard to run. Um, I didn't mind getting wet right off the bat. Um, I didn't plan for it, but my shoes actually worked pretty good and the trail toes protected my feet pretty well. Um, the main problem was I wasn't comfortable or confident running, uh, in the muddy sections. There were some sections in that first part that were, were muddy and it was, I was sliding around a little bit trying to run in them. Um, and just with the shape that my legs were in, um, I didn't feel comfortable with my footfalls at all. And I didn't want to like kind of slide off and damage myself any worse. So um, those I was kind of power hiking and then I would run the drier things and it was going around the roots and stuff like that. And uh, um, I did that intermittently run where I could or jog, I guess. Uh, where I could, and then after the first aid station, and we got into that second part, um, my buddy uh, Bob Edwards that I was kind of pacing with, um, he was doing intermittent running too, and uh, we just, between the roots and trying to follow the blazes and not being familiar with the trail, and it was hard to kind of, uh, for me anyways, it was hard to keep your head up, my head up to look at the blazes but then looking down to make sure I wasn't going over roots or, or mud or anything like that. And at a certain point, it just it made more sense safety-wise just to kind of power hike it. Um, there was a pretty healthy cutoff time, 13 hours. Um, so we could definitely uh, make it power hiking. So he and I just agreed to do that. And we just stuck together and basically had a conversation 
and power hike the whole thing. For me, it didn't make sense. Um, I had, you know, I wasn't trying to like make a certain time. Like I didn't go in with a certain pace or a certain time. And, you know, with the injuries that I didn't want to make my injuries any worse than they already are. And so it, it just made sense to, you know, to just kind of power hike it and, and not try and take a chance of anything uh, really bad happening out there. And, and Bob's kind of a, he's a, he's more of a seasoned kind of veteran of these things. So he didn't really, he's just kind of out there to enjoy the outdoors. And, uh, and it's a beautiful trail and I, I love hiking anyways. So, I mean, it was really cool to be able to kind of relax and really kind of take in the scenery and take pictures and stuff like that. So it worked out pretty well for me. It, it is amazing that that trail as beautiful as it is, is such a difficult course to run um, be, between the heat, the mud, um, the roots and everything. It, it's such a beautiful course. And then the contrast of the difficulty uh, of being a, able to keep your head up to find where you're going, but your head down so that you don't get taken out, you know, by a little root or a little rock or a little something, something that's in the way. It, it, it's quite a, a, a contrast, you know, the, the, the two aspects of that trail. I don't know. I, you know, I, I kept having people just kind of bound past me going wide open. And I just, I, I was, uh, I was amazed by them, man. I, I just, I, at, at my level, man, there's no way I could have run that, that thing that fast. I would have, I would have ate it pretty hard at some point, probably hurt myself or got lost. There was, there were a few <laughs> times that it, it, if you're not paying attention, man, especially in that kind of middle section there, uh, it's real easy just to keep going down one of those forest roads. And I mean, you, who knows where you end up, you end up in Fort Myers or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With all the water. Cause a lot of the photos that, you know, people post online is mostly the water areas. How long did it take you to even hit like your first water crossing? One mile, right? One mile. Right after, <laughs> right after, right after, I mean, literally right after they, cause, uh, cause my coach. And then of course they talked about it, uh, at the pre-race, uh, meeting, uh, was Ernie's bench. I guess he's a, I, I don't know a lot about him, uh, for what they said, he was a runner and he was big in the community and everybody really loved him. And so they put a bench out there and they were talking about how that's about one mile in and we got to the bench and then just looked out and I could just see everybody. There was a whole line of people going through the water. <laughs> big, big <laughs> exactly. it, I was like, well, I guess this is a, I guess this is what we're doing. And so I just dove right in, not literally dove in, but you know, splashed right in there and, I mean, it kind of is what it is at that point. Yeah, and I, th I think that from that point there, it, it's about another mile to mile and a quarter that you're either in water or in profound mud. Um, there's a little bit of trail in between, but you're not clear until you get, my, in my mind, I'm not clear until I get to mile two and a half, three, and then I'm clear to start running you know, knowing that I'm not going to hit any water. Um, I do put a, uh, as a, as a precaution, I lather my feet in desitin. Um, so I know that people do Vaseline trail toes and all of these other things. I just use desitin, but I mean, make no mistake. I lather my feet up and then I put my socks on, um, my sock drawer at home smells like desitin because there is it's, it ain't coming out. 
um, I put so much on there. But I'm going to tell you, I don't get any blisters whatsoever in any of these runs. Um, so I, I honestly believe, you know, take care of your feet. Uh, know that this is going to happen in all of the races that are going to be going through the Lake to Ocean Trail. Because there's water all over. There's standing water. There's ponds. There's things that overflow. Um, but, you know, you are right. That that water, it started at about a mile out and went probably for about two out to two and a half miles um, is where I felt safe that I wasn't going to be in water or mud. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then there were a couple spots, um, kind of where, and you can see it in some of the pictures that I that I had posted, that um, where the, the trail kind of dives down to like these little like uh, like kind of bald cypress stands, and it's like just cypress and air plants, and a lot of time the trail where it winds in through there, it was kind of muddy at least in the morning. They dried out sort of toward the afternoon on the way back. Um, and that was definitely like there were a few spots in there where you kind of had to straddle, or at least I had to anyways, like straddle either side of the trail and kind of like do this like wide-legged kind of wobble to, to get around because the, <laughs> the middle of the trail was all muddy. And uh, it was kind of fun. I mean, it was uh, – I mean, not with a bad – with my hip flexor all messed up like it is, but it was still kind of fun. Um, but uh, uh, I used uh, – I'm you know, I'm still learning all this stuff. I, I'm going to look into that Desivin trick. I just used trail toes because that's what I was you know, told would work. And I just put a whole bunch of that on my feet. I mean, a real uh, – a lot of it. I wasn't really expecting to get wet, but I didn't really think it through. Um, and then uh, just put on my, my Belegas and, and my Ultras. And uh, I got a new pair of those Ultra, the the, uh, the Lone Peak 6s, man. Those things drained, and I didn't have any blisters. I've never haven't had any blisters or even hot spots or anything with those. But I wasn't running those, so I should probably caveat that, that, you know, I didn't run after the first 10 miles, maybe 11 miles. I didn't run anything after that. So, so it was all just kind of, you know, super fast walking power. I, I like to call it power hiking. That sounds a lot better. I was power hiking, not walking. That's pretty impressive. With one of the most notoriously wet courses in Florida that you guys, your feet are, they're good. I would say that the course, relatively speaking, was pretty dry because usually those cypress domes are underwater and usually when i run through those you you get a lot of water um in them so the the little bit of water and and muckiness that was in there uh you know as jd was saying uh you kind of had to either straddle it or kind of go a little bit off trail or or something but running straight down the middle, it was is a little bit sketchy because it was it was very slippery. So um, you could easily ha have your feet come out from underneath you. So it, it was kind of important to either straddle or cover the on the edges or do something like that. But usually that whole area is submerged. Um, it it was uh, when I did just survive one twenty five. So it's a that area, um, it, cypresses love the water, so that's that's why it's kind of damp in there. But we were very fortunate on this race that, for the most part, the cypress domes that we went through were uh, free of water 
um, except for a few tracks that were in there. Um, but it, it was really nice uh, in general. Um, I'll tell you, one of, the, one of the neatest areas is after uh, you leave the first aid station and you're heading out uh, to the second aid station, um, you kind of go up on the levee. There's like a double track that you're running down. And then all of a sudden the double track take the, the trail goes up off of the double track and goes up onto the levee. And you got to kind of wind through that. And then you come back on the double track and then you go back up onto the levee and then you go back onto the double track and then you go back up onto the levee. <laughs> and I'm telling you it, that that was kind of neat because on on the the one side of the levee that's not the double track is a, a canal um and the canal has some water and everything in there and it was kind of neat because you know you're just running and and kind of dipping and dodging and dipping and dodging and uh, it's very childlike to just run through there like that. And I, I really love that one section right there. And I think that from the second aid station, that was at about 2.3, 2.4 miles to 2.7 miles out where you're just doing that dipping and dodging, dipping and dodging. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun in that, that area there. Um, it's a little bit before you get on the double track sand that takes you to uh, Little Gopher Creek or campsite um, like that. So uh, that was a uh, that was also a, a lot of fun going through that section. Yeah, I really like that. The uh, and I'm not as familiar with it uh, as as you are because that's the only time I've been out there. Um, I really liked that whole section. I guess it's six and a half or seven miles. Uh, between the two aid stations, between the first and I guess what becomes the third aid station and the second aid station out there on those at that power line clearing, um, that whole section there was just awesome. Between that, you know, going back and forth on those those what you're talking about, like the levees and the the sandy forest roads, and and uh, um, there was that one kind of uh, it was sketchy with the two of us on it, anyways. A little sketchy kind of plank bridge. It went over that really beautiful canal with all the the lily pads in it. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, and then just the, the difference of the different, uh, I guess I'd call them biomes. I mean, you just one second you're in like the loblolly and the palmetto, and then you're in like these cedar stands, and then you're in these cypress like swamp kind of things, and the air plants are all blooming. And it's just like you just are from one to the other to the other to the other, popping in and out of these different environments. Um, and it's just, it's really neat. Well, I mean, if you're, you know, I'm a nature dork, so I love that kind of stuff. Um, and because I was walking, I was able to just to really kind of uh, get into it and enjoy it at a, at a slower pace, which was, was one of the blessings of, of what ended up happening to, to my, to my run. I was going to say with all the natural life out there, with all the plants and, and all that going on, did you guys see any wildlife out there, any animals, you know, like, like gators? I'll, I'll tell you one of the, the interesting things that happened to me during my run, uh, at about six or seven miles left in my 50 miler, um, a little two and a half foot gator was in oh, the wow. middle of the trail. And I tried to go behind him because his, his head was facing the trail. So I decided to kind of go behind him and weasel around. 
he didn't have anything for me doing that. He flipped around on a dime and all of a sudden faced me. And now I'm off the trail and I'm kind of in the off to the side and everything. And he still is not giving me any lee. So I kind of had to just sit there and make a decision. And I just ran for it. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, took a, I took a picture of the guy, you know, staring me down as soon as I got there. And then when I tried to go around him is when he flipped and, uh, you know, I just, I had to make a run for it because you know, I'm more scared of the little guys than the big guys, because the big guys, I think they're a little more lethargic, but the little guys, I, I don't trust them because they're just little and antsy and whatever. And the way he flipped around was just <laughs> scary <laughs> to me. I mean, <laughs> Oh, know. wow. Yeah, I know it's just an ankle bite, but darn it, man! I'm not gonna lose a I'm not gonna lose a fifty miler to an ankle bite from a two and a half foot gator. <laughs> so uh, that was one of the most interesting things that happened to me uh, during the run. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> I just thought I'd share that with you guys. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a run in with any gators uh, or anything really dangerous, but right there. I think three or four miles from the from the finish line when I was finishing up and I was kind of uh, – Bob and I kind of fell out of pace with each other. And I was by myself and I was trudging along and, and I, I just really hurt. My whole body just hurt. Like I just – you know, it was towards the end of, of what I'm able to do right now. Um, and I just – everything really hurt. And I was just kind of just like, like trodding along like – and uh, I looked up ahead and there was like a family of these sandhill cranes like – to you know mom and papa and like a little baby sandhill crane and they're going down the trail in front of me and they're just taking their sweet little time and they like wouldn't get out of my way and they were going slower than i was going and so like i just like slowed down and i'm talking to them i'm like guys y'all gotta get out of my way i'm like half delirious i guess and like i'm like talking to these birds i'm like you guys gotta get out of my way and they're just you know strutting you know birds are they're strutting down the trail and they're just not moving and so i walked up closer and then they would kind of scurry down the trail a little bit, and then they would go back to their slow pace. And I'm just and, – and then we went on like this. It was like 25 or 30 yards. These birds are just from me. I got, took tons of pictures of them. Um, <laughs> and then finally, like, the little baby was out in front of them. And the little baby – one of the things – and Al could probably tell you more about this, but one of the things that's cool and, and uh, also makes that out there really difficult are the amount of kind of random game trails – that are the same size as the actual hiking trail. And that's why they have so many orange blazes. And that trail is super. The FTA did a fantastic job down there blazing that thing. Um, but it's very easy if you're looking down or if you're like me, you're staring, talking to birds, um, to, to, to wander off down one of these game trails because they're, a lot of them are the exact same size as the regular trail. Um, and that's what that little – little baby sandhill crane did was he just kind of like just veered down one of these game trails and, the, and mom and papa followed him and they just kept going at their pace and and i was able to, to pick my pace back up and keep going but that was really neat i love sandhill cranes um and so that was my little uh, wild wildlife uh, encounter there not as dangerous as a as a little gator and i agree with al that the little ones are are the ones i worry about a lot more than the bigger ones and, and we have plenty of those up here where i'm at so so uh um I'm glad that you didn't uh, get eight or bit. <laughs> that would have yeah. been kind of a bummer. I tell you, man, it, it, 
those trails that you're talking about, those little offshoots, um, I, I had started the race and I caught a couple of people taking a little, a couple of the offshoot that looked as good as uh, the trail. And I'm like, oh, okay, they don't know the trail. They don't know the trail. They don't know the trail. So I corrected a couple of people here. I corrected a couple of people there. Well, I'm going to tell you, when I was coming back from the the power lines, I'm running, and some guy's like, dude, this way. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, I just missed the trail. <laughs> and this is a trail that I run all the time because – Sometimes those ancillary trails just look like the trail like that. And if you're not heads up for those blazes and if you're heads down for uh, watching where your feet are, you can miss like the most subtle little thing. And, hey, this looks like the trail, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, so, man, the, the, the situational awareness that you've got to have to run that thing uh, is 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 pretty substantial. And I hope that people, um, people know that if they're going to sign up for that race, man, because it's a, that's a whole other level of, of paying attention that, that um, I'm probably not capable of right now. Cause I know like even uh, that whole middle section where you're talking about, like with, with all the, uh, the, the levees and, and like old logging roads. And at one point, like the trail just would dump onto one of those little sandy roads and then kind of cut back off of it. And, and exactly. Don't, and like I was, uh, and I, I talked about this in, in my race report, but you know, I was telling a story and I'm just yakking and, and running my mouth. And, and then, and Bob was just, I, he wasn't probably, he's probably ignoring me. Cause I've just been talking and talking and talking. And, uh, <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden Bob looks up and he's like, wait, I don't see any orange blazes. And I hadn't been paying attention cause he was in front of me. So I just assumed he was looking for him and I was just talking and so I looked around and I was like, holy crap. Yeah, I don't see any. And so then, so then we had to backtrack. Luckily we had only gone maybe a 10th of a mile before we picked them up. And sure enough, there was one off on, on the, in the corner there that went back off into a little trail that dived off the road again. But what was funny was right in that same time as we were about to go into the trail, somebody who had already, uh, I mean, who was, who was hauling tail and he, he had already gone into the, the second, aid station and done a turnaround and was coming back out he came out and he just kind of stopped and he's like whoa where do i go and so we we told him we we're like you gotta go that way um <laughs> be, and, and because you just it, like you pop out of these little trails and you're on this forest road and then the other the the other orange uh blaze is on the other side of the forest road and sometimes you can't see it it's been obscured by branches or something and uh, that's what makes that thing, for me anyways, uh, pretty difficult. Because I'm a space cadet, man. I get distracted by the – I am, man. I get distracted by birds and all wildflowers and all kinds of stuff. So uh, I'd probably get lost out there. But without Bob, I definitely would have got lost. It, that's one thing I really enjoy about ultras too. Because like, you're just like out in nature and it really just brings your inner child, you know, like out there. Oh, Absolutely. Well, and, and especially like, like, that's why I like those, uh, um, I like the, I like the trail races. And like I said, I just started to get into all this stuff, like definitely like the trail races that have like the long out and backs like that, um, or longer loops, as opposed to some other of these events I've gone to where they're like super short loops, like they're only like a mile and a half or two miles. 
Um, and like, I get the sort of the endurance aspect of that, but I mean, I just, I really dug going way out there into the wilderness. Cause that's, that's wilderness out there. Like that's real deal wilderness, Florida <laughs> wilderness. Um, it is. And I'm a big, like I'm an FTA member. I've done, uh, um, I've done a lot of trail maintenance up here in the Ocala national forest. And I've done a bunch of hiking up here where I live now. Um, and so I, I really dig being out there in the woods and, and it's, it's, that feeling of wonder, uh, like Al's saying, like being a kid again and that feeling of wonder. Um, and it's just also nice to just know that there's one of the things that I really, that, that really struck me out there is it's so nice knowing that there's still these big tracks of just undeveloped land in our country and, and especially in our state. Um, and you can just go out there and, and at a certain point know that there's, there's no one within miles and miles and miles of you and just really get immersed uh in nature and 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 how beautiful it is out there i can't agree more it's it it's it's beautiful to see that that's all out there it's been uh acquired and it's made into state parks and uh you know regional parks uh, all of that stuff uh it's it's phenomenal out there you know and and kudos to you know the, the race directors that that get out there and do it. I mean, for this specific race, Jeff, he's uh, he's really a phenomenal director, and he just cherishes a lot of those areas. He respects them so much. He's such an advocate for the FTA. Um, you know, it 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 speaks a lot. You know to the integrity of the people that we have in our community that are part of, you know, the hiking, the trail running and all of that that's out there. But it, it's, it's fantastic that, that we are able right now in the midst of all the boom of civilization to take a pause and grip or take a, a grasp of uh, a little bit of this territory and and hold on to it and hopefully preserve it in perpetuity because it, it's really ancient territory. Um, a lot of this stuff is, is just tens of thousands, millions of years. I don't know how many years old, but it's it's ancient and it's fantastic to uh, have the opportunity to experience this level of, of, of mother nature and um, you know, the world around us. So I, I find it extraordinary and, and I applaud everybody that contributes to it. And yeah. And that's the big thing here in Florida. There's so much history in a lot of these preserves and wildlife management areas. And that's especially true out there at JW Corbett because the, the history out there dates all the way back to the native Americans. The native Americans built mounds. They dug a ton, a ton of the canals out there. And there's actually two locations called big mound city and big gopher. It was then in 1947 when um, when the land actually changed names to J.W. Corbett Wildlife Management Area. And that was named after James Wiley Corbett. He was a commissioner for the Southern States Land and Timber Company. And of course, all that preservation history, you know, continues on today. Uh, uh, it's phenomenal. Like I say, I think that some of the biggest people are, are race directors. So I know 
locally, you know, Jeff Stevens, but um, you know, as he pointed out, during his race, he had a lot of volunteers that were helping, and Mike Brown, who is a race director, he helps for all, uh, helps preserve uh, a lot of the natural areas around here, um, the Jupiter Ridge and uh, Dyer Park area. So it's wonderful to see that. You had um, Mark Kudak. Uh, um, he helps with the river bend and he has his picnic island run over there and he helps support that community. So I'm telling you, it, it's amazing that we have so many of these beautiful areas that allow us to just go out and be our childish self that we really ought to be so much more often. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't say enough about uh, these guys, you know, and what they do and, and help to make this just a, a much, much better area. And, you know, up where you are, J.D., or the races you've done with Dawn. I mean, Dawn's obviously got her races up there and she really helps so much that area and that community it, to preserve those areas for everybody to go out and be the little kid that they really want to be every single day. No, she really does. And, and the, you know, the races, uh, you know, the more, the more, the, the, the great thing about the races is that the more people, that you can get invested in in these sorts of areas, um, the more likely you are to find support and uh, uh, volunteers, uh, you know, to maintain them and to and to preserve them. And that's really what it's all about. If people care about these places, then people are going to do what they need to do to make sure that they're always there um, and that they're accessible. Um, and not just for for you know. Uh, us crazy ultra runners, you know, to go out there and, and, and run through them, but even just to hike and take pictures and, uh, and just enjoy them, um, with families and stuff like that. So that's why these races and, you know, they're, they're, they're all over the place and you can go on ultra sign up now and just find them all over Florida because where I'm at, I'm a little more century located. So I can go over to, you know, they have the whole crew area and the with Lacucci and, and that whole area over there is just, is, is beautiful. It's stunning. And, we did. There's a Bulow Creek over here, man, and I went hiking that thing, and I, I went and actually ran it as a training run a couple of weeks ago, and it's just it's mind bogging. Uh, <laughs> I can't even. Uh, it, it blows my mind how beautiful it is over there at Bulow Creek area, um, and it's a, also just a beautiful trail to go run. And there's you go back to the wetlands, and there's these huge, ancient, just uh, century old. Uh, 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 live oaks out there man they're they're you know 10 15 foot in diameter um and it's just stuff like that that uh, that we really need to to take care of and the, and the more we can get people involved in it the, the easier that's going to be yeah because that's such a big benefit with a lot of these races too because it's you know you're traveling out to places that you may have never been to or even heard of before yes and that's one of the just the most fun with you know trail running in general and especially when you finish that race, you know, in that new spot, you're like, man, I've been there. And you look at the map like, hey, my race was uh, somewhere over there. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I, you know, I, my, my background in Florida is um, because I'm new to, to running into trail running. But my background in Florida is, is hiking and backpacking. Um, and I've really explored a lot of these trails 
Um, and because I'm a teacher, you know, I have all summer off and I get bored. So I just would kind of drive around and, and, and hike trails for, for no reason. Um, and, and you're, you're absolutely right about that. Being able to just look and say, yeah, I've hiked that. Yeah. I've, I've hiked all through there. Yeah, I did that 60 miles. Um, <laughs> it's a really, it's a really cool feeling. And, and I've always wanted to go down and do that, that, uh, the Lake to ocean trail down there. Um, and at one point when I was out there, um, and, um, I was kind of beating myself up a little bit for not being able to run it. And, and, you know, you kind of get competitive with yourself and, um, and then I kind of settled back was like, man, you know, when's the next time I'll be down here and be out in this wilderness and be able to experience this. It may never happen again. So I might as well in, enjoy it while I'm here. Um, and that's, that's an experience that only happened because I'd signed up for that race. And that's just one of the things with JW Corbett too. Like, one of the first trail races that I saw in the state of Florida was this race. I don't know what something must have happened where I didn't sign up. And now for me, I'm like, man, every year I'm looking at this race, like, man, that's a bucket list race. I've got to do it. So coming into your guys's finish, those last couple miles and crossing that finish line, how was it? Al, go ahead, man. You're, you're uh, you go ahead first. Cause you, you did 50 miles. <laughs> You did 50 miles, man. That's uh, I want to hear. I want to hear how you felt going into it. Great. Um, so I'll tell you when I was coming back from the very first out and back, I knew something was up when I saw that. You know, going out, I saw a bunch of runners, and I saw Kareth, and she was tearing up the 50k, and then I saw. Eddie and Eric, they were neck and neck on the 50 miler. But then as I started approaching the start finish, I did not see anybody else. And I knew that something was up that like runners were dropping, like something was going on. And I'm going to tell you that at that point, that's when I got really solid in the fact that if runners are dropping, that means this is, this is where I need to not drop. This is where I need to be strong. And it doesn't matter how much my body is hurting. This is my opportunity to go deep. And I, I don't know if it's an ego thing or what, but I knew something was going on. And just as I approached the, the water where the bench is on the other side, that's when I saw the third 50 miler going out. And then as I approached the start finish line, I saw the fourth and fifth 50 miler going out. That's when I, I kind of knew, man, this this race is uh it's a different race than i thought it was going to be i i pictured myself a lot further back in the pack and everything um so as i got in there i knew that one of my weaknesses is socializing so <laughs> i just went to there i to the front i went through the the start line i said hello and then i said i'm going back to my vehicle i sat there i did my exact game plan as i had said and then i went back out and 
I ran back out at a really good pace and I got to the last aid station. Well, you know, the second to last or whatever. I got to grade road <laughs> and I got to grade road. But right before I got to grade road, um, I did a hydration test and it was a little darker than what I'd liked. And I'm like, you know what? I'm dehydrated. And I just left with almost two liters of water and I'm dehydrated. So when I got to that aid station, um, that aid station really changed the, the way that I was starting to feel. The, the volunteers over there, Ariel, Mark, Mike, everybody, uh, Joe, they, they all helped me out immensely. And they got me rehydrated. They got me Gatorade. They got me uh, orange slices. And these were all things that, these were extra things that I didn't think about, you know, to have. But they re-energized me so that when I went back and I started going for the final nine miles, um, I had a, a really good energy with me. And I also felt really good actually leaving that aid station. So I can't say enough about the volunteers at that aid station that they pumped me up and really gave me a lot of energy uh, to head into to the finish. And I got to a point where after I crossed the water, got past the bench, I'm like, you know what? This is where you run it in. Like this, now any energy that you have left, I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's in your earlobe that you got a little bit of fat that you can burn. You got to <laughs> run it in, man. <laughs> I mean, you got to run it in. And I ran it in. And it, w it was a fantastic feeling to be able to run it in. Okay. So I'm going to tell you, that race, um, it's beautiful and it is so hard, but I would tell everybody, do it, enjoy the, the scenery, focus in on your skills and appreciate all of the people that are there that want to see you succeed because the volunteers that were out there are superb. They were phenomenal. I mean, Dave and his son, uh, Grant out at Power Lines. I mean, that's the middle of Bumble. And they were out there taking care of us. They were just with a smile and doing everything. At the grade road, they, they were on top of their game. They were offering opportunity that I didn't even know I had that opportunity. And that's the kind of stuff that made me cross the line with a pace. I mean, I didn't cross the line at a 13 minute pace. I crossed it probably about a 10 minute pace. Okay. Which is not bad for a 55 year old man. Yeah. Th those volunteers are, are amazing. I don't know. Uh, I don't know any of them by name. Um, 
but they were, uh, that's one of the big thing about races. And I've done, I've done a, a, a little bit of volunteering myself. And it's the, the, the thing about the race, uh, about volunteering it, more so than, than services provided is really just the energy. It's just that, especially when you've been in the hot woods for nine or 10 miles and you come out and the first people you see are cheering and they're joking and, you know, uh, it really perks your spirits up and, and, and gives you the, uh, uh, the necessary sort of, uh, I don't know, like inspiration to keep going, uh, aside from the water. And, and I know at one point, one of the, one of the volunteers like, uh, kept asking to like pour water over my head and, and I kind of was like, I don't know. And, and then I finally just, I, I let her do it. And I'm so glad I did it completely rejuvenated me. And it was it, like Al was saying, it's not something I would have really uh, thought of asking somebody to do, you know, and she just kept saying, you know, just, you know, just try it. And uh, um, it really made a huge difference. It, it just kind of, it turned me back into a, a brand new person, at least for the next mile or two. Um, and so they were, uh, they, they really did a good job. And, and, you know, by this is only, let's see, one, two, this was only my fourth time being over a distance of 20 miles. Um, and that, that's all in the span of like, say, three months, actually, maybe less. Let's see, February, March, and then April. So, yeah, almost two and a half months. And um, that's really only the fourth time I've been at that a sort of distance. Um, and so my body is still trying to figure out why I'm doing it. And and how to like how to handle it so by the time i got to like i was pretty good then you know i got to mile 26 and my body just started to kind of revolt in various ways that were painful um and so the last three miles um you know that was i was kind of feeling miserable and then this the sandhill crane thing happened and that perked me up a little bit and then bob and i kind of caught up with each other um and that kind of raised the spirits a little bit um, and it was, but the, the, it was kind of brutal those last three miles. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, because the sun was beaten down, uh, was, uh, was sunburnt because, you know, I'm, I'm an, I'm an idiot and I didn't plan for this at all. And I forgot sunscreen. Um, and I should know better cause I'm a Florida boy and it just, I don't know. It just never dawned on me for whatever reason. Um, but I'll tell you what, at, at one point, uh, there, Bob looked up and he's like, I can, I can see our camp. And, uh, because the, the, uh, I guess, uh, the lob lolly and that, that like saw palmetto, those, those big long tracks of that, because there's not a lot of trees out there, you can kind of see pretty far and you can look off in the distance. And I actually could see my pickup truck at the parking area. It was real small, but I could see, cause I've got a, 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 F-150 with a camper shell and, and I was parked right at the right at the edge of the trailhead there and I could see it and I was like hey man I can make it that far like I can I can definitely make it to my truck um and so then uh you came in and uh the the thing with the uh the thing with the finish line there coming back is that the Lake the Ocean Trail actually kicks kicks off and you have to go down this little feeder trail to the trailhead and it's a it's blue it's blue blazes for that last I don't know if it's a, even a half a mile, um, but it's it would be really easy just to kind of keep going along the lake to ocean and get a whole bunch of extra miles, and then kind of you know turn around at one point and, and wonder where the finish line was. So uh, 
you got to make sure if you're ever out there running that thing that that when you get to that lake to ocean sign you definitely go back on the blue um and then that takes you to the finish line and then uh uh you know all the volunteers everyone was there they all cheered they had the cones set up and uh and we got our mug and it was uh it was it was a wonderful wonderful experience for me i also want to say that the spacing out there of the of the aid stations was almost perfect like how far apart they were and everything and 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 where they were where they were set up as far as what you had to go through to get to them um was was really uh well thought out and i don't know how much of that was was just due to the logistics of the of the trail itself but uh they, they seemed it seemed to be really well thought out where they were actually placed uh in relation to the turnarounds and the, and the trail yeah i i i thought the aid stations were perfect it probably had a lot to do with logistics but they're still logistically they they were right where they needed to be um you know, a little bit beyond handhelds, so you had to be with a, a pack smartly. I mean, granted, probably the uh, race winners were not using packs or anything like that. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but for the majority of the the runners, uh, yeah, the spacing of the aid stations, the the volunteers at the aid stations. I mean, the I know a lot of these people because I'm a local and we had race directors at the aid stations. Like these, these are not amateurs. These are people that have many, like have hundred milers under their belt. Um, so they're very experienced people. And again, that speaks to, uh, you know, Jeff's ability to, get people or his charisma or you know like probably his reach because of what he has done and to, uh, with other people and how he's helped other people I, I don't know what it is but he pulls in some of the strongest people I mean he even had a, a, this crazy guy Grant that does I don't know how many adventures and everything out there at the power line station. So Jeff gets some of the best people. Um, you know, he had a professional nurse over there and everything just in case something went south. The, these people at the aid stations are some of the most fantastic people you could have. Um, Again, I don't know the resume at, at other races that I go to, but I know these people here because I'm a local. And these are some of the most spectacular people that you could have and some of the most experienced runners, people that have done these trails. Um, you know, like Ariel, she was taking photographs and helping out at aid stations. I mean, she's won this race um, for the female division, she's won the lake to ocean. She's done phenomenal work out there. I mean, you got uh, like a ton of people that are constantly on these courses and really know them through and through. They could be running and smoking most of the participants for the finish line if they wanted to but they chose to volunteer and, and that speaks a lot to, to what Jeff sets up in his races.
Yeah, I agree. I think it also for for someone who's kind of new to all this, I think it just says a lot about the the at least in Florida, from what I've seen, the 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 running and uh, especially like the ultra running community in general. Like it just seems like it's a pretty tight knit uh, group of people. Um, and I see, you know, just from my limited exposure, I've seen a lot of the same people at a lot of these different races, and I've seen some of them running, some of them volunteering. So I go to you know, I go to one race and they're volunteering and then at the next race they're running and I run into like one guy at a, at a race in, in, in with Lacucci and then now I run into him down here at Corbett. Um, and and that that's what makes it special because it's not only just people that are volunteering out of the kindness of their heart, but they're also people that know what it's like to do these things. Um, and so that's an extra level of expertise as far as, as them being able to go go the extra mile to help you and know what you need, like you were saying, out. know what you need before you even know that you need it. And, and be able to hey, see man. the signs, see the signs of, of injury or, or, or dehydration or, you know, um, I know that I was at the, uh, uh, when I was up at the swamp, uh, some of the volunteers up there, you know, they noticed I was getting sunburned and they're like, come over here. I'm like, I don't want sunscreen. And they just forced <laughs> it on me. Like just was sprayed it against my wishes. And I'm really glad they did. Cause I would have been scorched without it. So, um, and it's that kind of level of volunteer. And I, I see, I've seen it in a lot of the races um, up here, up my way and uh, that, that I've run. And it's nice to see that the same way down there in South Florida. They were amazing. Joe, uh, what do you think about the, the Corbett race as you saw it from uh, a spectator position? Man, so I was watching all of the updates online. I really enjoyed, because I know JD, because he, he posted all these photos of the flowers and stuff like that. And, Overall, and too with the volunteers, what you said too. I'm like, man, see, this is a race that I always regret every single year not running, or at least heading all the way out there and volunteering at. Oh, it's de- it's de- I, it's definitely worth uh, it's worth the trip. I mean, for me, I drove you know I I drove drove down there, um, got a hotel room you know the night before, and and uh, and then drove back afterwards. Um, and and I don't regret a. a any of it, any of the money spent or anything. It was a wonderful experience. Well, next time you can stay in my guest room, my man. Oh, that would be awesome. Listen, there there are so <laughs> many ultras going on in this state right now. It, we have the luxury of all year long. Every single month, we can be doing something. Okay? So, it, it's always on. I mean, in June, you got Lake to Ocean, but then in October, you got Ocean to Lake. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got um, the races down here, in the Trident races, uh, the Ridge to Nowhere in uh, July. So right there, you've got some phenomenal races. In December, you have the Sandspur races down here. And then in January, of course, you got the Just Survive 125. So, I mean, come on, like just right here locally. And this coming weekend, um, we have the uh, DTR 50K run in uh, Jonathan Dickinson this weekend. So, I mean, come on, like we've got tons. And I'm just talking Palm Beach County here. So we're all about the positive energy. We're all about encouragement and pushing people to be the best that they can be in a positive way. 
we're not about being the drill sergeant that berates people to their, <laughs> their best. We, we're all about being the positive influence to get people to be the best that they can be. And we understand that everybody's on a spectrum and that they're trying to get from point A to point B. And how they do it is all going to be unique. And every vector is going to be a little bit different than the other vector. But we're all pointing to the same target, which is success, happiness, and, and a feeling of accomplishment. Yeah, very well said. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, no, that's 100% fives that I got when I started doing Florida Ultras. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's a big – a lot of people ask, uh, they're like, man, why do you race so much? And I don't get it. Like, why do you keep going to these things and sign up for them? And, and I explain to them, like, it's my social life. Like, it's – you know, especially someone coming like me coming out of, you know, pretty heavy, like 26 years of serious addiction um, – and just finding a healthy social life and everyone being really cool. And it's always so much fun. And so I keep signing up for them because I know I'm going to have a good time and I know I'm going to be relatively safe and, and it's going to be healthy for me emotionally and spiritually and physically. Um, and so why not, you know, I mean, they're, and it's always, they're always great times. And, uh, and when they're, and I'm always sad when they're done. it's a great peer group it's a great peer group and i've made you know i've made so many friends that have have gone beyond just running and and everyone's always there for you and uh you know so supportive on even on facebook and social media and then then, you know all the other aspects of, of life man when you whenever you need something um there's always somebody in the community that that you could you can reach out to or that and that won't even wait. They'll reach out to you um, and try and help you. And that's, that's, that's pretty hard to beat. So, well, Hey guys, I appreciate it. Yeah, this is good. This is a good time, man. I, uh, thank you for having me on. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. I, I love having a conversation with you and JD. Uh, this is a fantastic venue and uh, hopefully you know, it's going to continue that you can uh, get into a lot more of these ultra running events and interview a lot more of us ultra runners down here in Florida, because there's a there's a very large community down here. And I love hearing all of your interviews and I look forward to, you know, your next race interview. Um because again, there's so much stuff down here that, you know, 12 months is not enough to cover everything that's going on down here. Thank you. Thank you you guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And there we have it for episode number 20, two zero of the Florida Trail Runners Podcast, stories from the JW Corbett 50. You know, like we talked about in the episode, like all of these races, man, it, it's such a fun journey as you make your way through all the different terrains that Florida has to offer. And especially doing so when you have great race directors, great aid station volunteers, and just so many people out there on the course that truly love and enjoy the wildlife and the adventure on the trails here in Florida. So until next time, happy trails.